Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael. And today is Saturday, which means it's another reaction episode. And today I'm going to be reacting to one or two posts I found online about language learning hacks. So, a language learning hack is something like a tip or trick that you can do to really drastically improve your efficiency and the effectiveness of your language learning. I thought it could be interesting to talk about some of these and whether they are useful, or maybe some of them are just completely nonsense and we can talk about them as we go. And yeah, as I said, this is a reaction episode. So it's a new thing I started maybe last month or a couple episodes ago where I thought on Saturdays I could react to things I find online and things I find interesting. And yeah, let me know how you think it's going. And if you have anything you would like me to react to, if you find any interesting YouTube videos or articles or something like that, send it to me and I will consider looking at it on a future episode. Okay, so I have a couple links, a couple pages I'm looking at today. One of them is from the language learning subreddit, which I can link to in the description. And the question is, what is your best language learning hack and why? And I thought this could be interesting to respond to and talk about. And actually the top comment on this page is someone who says, I've been studying languages for over 40 years and I don't have a single one, not one single hack. And they kind of advise people to stop looking for hacks and methods and just study. Time is not on your side. I like, I mean, it's very harsh. It's kind of tough love, this one, isn't it? It's not so polite, but I think what this person said was quite wise in some, in some ways, because I think people often spend so much time looking for shortcuts, but if they just kind of sat down and studied, then they could finish so much sooner and they wouldn't need to find any shortcuts. So I think very often people spend more time looking for shortcuts and hacks than they actually do with their studies. And I think the best hack is just to develop that routine and study every day. I think that's the best thing you can do. And I think that's the reason why learning another language is such like a badge of honor. This expression, a badge of honor, is something that you can be really proud of and show everyone how proud you are. So you're wearing your language skills like a badge of honor on your chest. And I think one reason why is because it is difficult. You know, everyone knows there is no shortcut, there's no hack. Learning a language is difficult, it's time consuming, and it takes a lot of commitment. And that's why people really admire people who can do that so much. Someone replied to that comment here and they kind of said, they agreed and they said, everyone wants the reward without putting in the countless hours of effort. The languages are very time consuming, but one very good hack this person mentions is consistency. If you do something consistently, consistent, 
means to do it again and again and don't give up. You have that routine, you do it every day and you don't have any big breaks in between. You know, obviously this is something I talk about again and again and again, but it's really, really important. And I think it's probably the, the key to finding success in your English studies is finding that consistency. And the best way to do that is just build that foundation, build your daily study routine. Maybe some things will go wrong. You might have to reduce the time, change some things around, but eventually you'll have a good kind of daily consistent routine. And over time, you will build your skills from that. So I think it's important not to have that expectation that you're going to see any results too quickly. Another comment here had a few good tips and one of them stood out to me, which was to plan a trip to the country. And now I know that's not possible for everyone, but I think that is an interesting idea. If you're planning a trip to the country, say you're learning English and let's say, okay, in December, I'm planning a trip to England. And what this does is it kind of sets that deadline in your head. You know, people do the same with exams as well. And it, I guess, subconsciously pushes you to study more or maybe a bit more consciously. So you're kind of really motivated to study because you know you've got that trip coming up. Whenever you sit down and study, you visualize that trip in your head and it encourages you to study more. So I think if you can book a trip, that's a really good way to motivate yourself to study. And of course, on the trip, it's a great way to study and talk to people as well. And you can put into practice what you learned. If it's not possible to do a trip, then maybe you could do something like book a lesson, book a language exchange with someone online. You can book an exam that does the same thing, right? So there are many different things you can do to set almost like a deadline for yourself. And it kind of encourages you to keep studying. You know, I'm considering taking a, or you know, arranging to take a Japanese exam maybe next year, because if I don't have any exam, I can be like, yeah, I'll be a bit lazy this week. You know, it's not a big deal. If I don't study, no one's going to be mad at me. But if I know I have a, a difficult exam coming up, then I'm much more motivated to study hard because if I don't study, I'm not going to pass the exam. So it's something like that I think can be really helpful. Another person here responded with face-to-face -face learning is always the most effective. And I wonder if it depends on your personality, but I, I tend to agree that some people shy away from this. But I think for me, I've seen the most progress in my learning when I'm doing lots of face-to-face -face, uh, learning with, with a teacher, with someone else just talking, um, learning from a real conversation. And it doesn't have to be in real life, it could be on the computer as well. Although I do feel like real life does make a difference because there are more distractions and it's even harder in real life sometimes. And the final one I want to mention on this page is writing. Someone said their best language learning hack is writing as much as I can. So they often write down parts of exercises and drills. Yeah, and I agree with this. I mean, I have a writing course over on Level Up English where I encourage people to write once a week responding to one of my questions and I give my corrections after they submit their writing. And it's really amazing. So one thing I've noticed is I've seen a lot of the students over at Level Up English have really improved a lot, like week to week. They, they're learning from their mistakes. They're improving very quickly. I think writing is so powerful because it allows you to 
put into practice everything you've been learning on paper. You get to practice your grammar, practice new vocabulary, stuff like that. And it's a bit different to speaking, of course, because you have more time to think about it as well. So very often, in order to be a good speaker, it might be helpful to become a good writer first, because you're organizing your thoughts and your vocabulary on paper or computer, and then that allows you to organize it in your mind when you're talking later. So I think writing is actually a pretty good hack. So I found another list which was called 101 Ways to Learn English. And I'll link to this one in the show notes as well. This was from the website ecenglish.com. It's quite a good name, ecenglish.com. And they had a really long list and they've got a lot of good tips in here as well. I'm going to pick a couple of them to respond to because some of them are quite interesting. One of them is talk to your pet in English. This one's really interesting because I always recommend people to talk to yourself, but that's actually quite difficult. You know, it just doesn't feel natural and there's no need to talk to yourself. It's a very weird feeling. But of course, if we have a dog or a cat or some other pet, then we often talk to them, don't we? So I think talking in English could be a good idea. Like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, are you coming up here? Hey, stop doing that. Hey, no, don't bite that bed. You know, don't touch that, right? Pee in the garden, don't pee inside. <laughs> so I think things like this could be really good practice just to get a little bit more English speaking practice at home. So yeah, have a go at that. See how it goes if you have a pet. Another tip they have here is to make use of your commute and any dead time that you have to review what you have learned. And I love this one too. I don't think there's going to be any that I disagree with. I mean, it seems like a very good list, but we'll, we'll see anyway. Yeah, so basically when you're on the way to work, maybe you're on the train, maybe you're waiting somewhere, you're waiting for your food to cook in the kitchen. You know, we all have this time in the day when we're kind of waiting around and there's not much else to do. And it's in this time that's really useful to review what you've been learning. So obviously the first step is to actually write down what you've been learning. You need some way of recording it. Could be audio, but for most of us, it will be writing down, right? And this is what I did in Japan when I was really studying hard in Japan. I would write down all my kind of useful new words on my notes app on my phone. It was nothing fancy, just like a bullet pointed list of stuff I wanted to practice. And then when I was on the train, I would review this list. I would make new sentences. I would kind of write them down. And what I found really useful is I would actually use my new words in situations that I would predict myself to be in that day. So let's say, for example, I was on the train and I was planning, you know, one hour later to go rent a bicycle. And I would look at my word list and I would maybe see some useful phrase I could use. You know, let's say, for example, I want to practice the word possible. Hmm, how can I use this word possible? So then I might kind of do some research, make some sentences, and I might write down a sentence. Would it be possible to rent a bike for two hours. And I would kind of practice that over and over again. And then the really good thing, of course, is when you actually go out in the real world and you go rent that bicycle, you can use what you practiced in the real world as well. So here you're linking what you learnt to your writing, uh, you know, in your downtime, and then to the real world, a real world interaction. So that's a really good way to, to learn, I would say. 
So here's another tip that they mention, which I don't exactly disagree with, but maybe it's not this simple. I'm not sure, but it says it's not a good idea to study on your own for more than 30 minutes at a time. Take regular breaks, get some fresh air and stretch your legs. I think that's good advice. You know, I think it's good to take breaks. It's not good to sit down and force yourself to study. But on the other hand, I do wonder if it depends on the person as well. Maybe I'm responding to this because it's kind of against what I would do. (laughs) But I tend to study in the morning and I might study for sometimes like one hour in one go or something like that. And maybe it depends on your personality because for me, I find it like once I'm in the process in in the motion of studying you know in that mood then it's much easier to keep going rather than taking a break and it's much harder to get back into it again so maybe it does depend on the person i think you really have to know yourself really well to know how much you should study in one go but i do think the general advice here is good that don't force yourself to study for too long take some breaks go outside you know it's also really helpful for your mind to have that break and allow your your brain to process what you've been learning. Oh, this one is a really good tip here. Number 24 from them is remember that you can learn from everyone, whether they are the same level, a lower level, or higher than you. I think this is such a really good insight. This is what I see in my group classes as well, because I often get people asking what level you have to be to join one of the Level Up English group classes. And you know, usually I say, well, if you understand me in my podcast, like now, then you're probably a good level. You don't have to be exactly the right level. So, you know, it's not suitable for complete beginners. It's not suitable for very advanced learners. But most people in between, my group lessons are a fairly good fit. And I think the reason why is because of this rule, because sometimes we have people that are more advanced. Sometimes we have lower level learners as well. You know, we're all at different stages, but it's really interesting because you can learn from each other. So I've noticed that students will tend to fill in the gaps in each other's knowledge. And, you know, one example is when there's a lower level student and they have trouble with one area, rather than me answering the question, I will ask one of the other students if they know the answer to the question. And that way, the lower level learner is learning something new and the higher level learner is able to teach something. And, you know, teaching is one of the best ways to learn as well. So through that teaching, they are you know, consolidating that knowledge. To consolidate means to make it stick in your head even more. And I've had it myself, you know, when I've been in a Chinese group class before, I noticed someone who, I mean, honestly, I thought they were a little bit below my level, you know, not not so different, but maybe I was a bit better than them. But I could still hear mistakes they were making. And it made me realize like, oh, I make that mistake as well. But I never noticed before, because I never heard myself say it. I only heard it in someone else. So that's really good. If you have that mindset that you can learn from anyone at any time, I think that's a very healthy mindset to have. The final one I want to mention here is number 34 on their list, which is to learn prefixes, which is like dis or un 
For example, unreliable or re, like reread. You know, re means again. So reread means read again. And suffixes as well, such as li, munt, and full. Uh, slowly, beautiful, right? These suffixes that come at the end of words. If you learn what these mean, it will help you figure out the meaning of words and help build your vocabulary. So this happens a lot with native speakers too. We learn new words all the time, but we're able to kind of guess the meaning based on how it sounds, based on the prefix and the suffix. And in this sense, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Chinese language in that you kind of have these meanings in the word where you can guess the meaning of totally new words based on the structure of the word. So for example, you might see a long, scary word such as resettlement. Resettlement? Oh, that sounds very difficult. But if you know the prefixes and the suffixes, you can look at the base form, which is to settle, to settle. And one meaning of settle, for example, is to move to a new place to live. You know, we settled in America a few hundred years ago. So if you resettle, you go to live there again. And if you know munt is the noun ending, so resettlement. Okay, so the, it's the, the act of them living somewhere for the second time. You know, that's just one example. So it's really useful to learn these prefixes like that. But I think I'm going to leave it there because if I were to look at every single tip on this list, it's 101, I think this would be a 10-hour podcast. But I really do recommend you check it out. I had never heard of this website before, but it's very good first impression. It seems like a good website. And they've got some English learning content there as well. So I'll put a link to them in the show notes as a thank you for letting me steal their content for my podcast. <laughs> I do actually have a nice audio message, first of all, to play from Natalie. So let's listen to what Natalie has to say. Hello, my name is Natalie. I'm from Ukraine and I have been learning English for 10 years, maybe more. And when I saw your podcast at first time, I was really excited because I have never seen something like this before. And I found your podcast very, very useful. It really helps me to get wider view on the English uh, language learning. So thank you so much for your work. And I hope I will be at your, in your uh, next episode. Thank you. Bye. What a nice message to have, right? Thank you so much, Natalie. It's amazing. I mean, your 10 years of study has really clearly paid off and I'm really glad you reached out to me. So thank you very much for listening and thank you for leaving that very nice audio message. So I appreciate that. If anyone else wants to send me a message, it could just be something like this, just to say hi. It could be a request for a future episode. Then please do. You can go to levelupenglish.school slash podcast and right at the bottom of the page, there will be a space to leave either a written message or an audio message like Natalie did. And that's a great way to get in touch with me. Let me know what you're up to and let me know if you have any questions as well. Because very often I will make a whole episode out of your questions. 
Let's just say a quick thank you now to two podcast reviews. I had one from Bigoyog, Bigoyog in Russia, who says, I am a runner and I listen to your podcast while doing my running routine. Thank you, because I can understand almost 100% and improve my English. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. It's cool that you're running and listening as well. I think that's a, a nice way to make the most of your time. I had one more here from Saba204 in Jordan. And Saba says, The last embarrassing situation where you're in the shop is really a story of my life for every time I go out of the shop without buying anything. Thank you for this masterpiece. It is very enjoyable and a beneficial podcast. Thank you very much, Saba, for that. I think what they're referring to is a recent episode where I spoke about how awkward I feel when I leave a shop without buying anything. And I'm glad that was relatable for some people. So thank you very much for the reviews. If you would like to leave a review as well, you can go to Apple Podcasts and type in your review. There's also a button. If you go to my podcast page on my website, there's a button that says leave a review. You can go there and I will probably read it out on a future episode. So that's a good way to be in the in the podcast. Thank you very much. And yeah, also actually... I also really appreciate if whatever podcast app you listen on, if you leave a review or you just simply like it, it really helps me so, so much. You know, for example, I know a lot of people listen on Spotify. On Spotify, you can very simply, I think there's like a thumbs up button or a like button or something like that. And I think how it works is the more of those a podcast has, the more popular it will be on the search page. So if you are listening on Spotify, just give it a thumbs up wherever you can find that. And that will help me so, so much. So thank you for that. Okay, I'll leave it here for today, but thank you very much for listening or watching. And I will see you next Wednesday for another episode. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.